Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast Weekly Sermon Podcast. We want you to know that we're excited about our brand new church facility located on 1331 Cove Road in New Bedford, Massachusetts. We offer three service times for you to choose from. We have kids classes for all ages so parents can enjoy the service while kids learn about Jesus. We'd love to host you in person, Saturdays at 5 p.m. or Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Now, here's an encouraging word. Amen. God's Spirit lives in us. God's Spirit lives with His people. And last Sunday, we talked about having confidence in crisis because God is with us. But today, I want to add to that, and I want to talk to you about having peace in chaos. You know, I believe God's peace surpasses all understanding. And it's available to all of us. So let's pray together exactly where you are. Get your Bible, get your iPad, get, let's get ready to take notes. Listen, this is church online. We're still going to go after everything that God has for us. So let's pray. Father, thank you that we get to gather around your name, around your word. We, your word is alive and well. It's active. It's like a double-edged sword that it comes to penetrate our minds and our hearts and our souls. So Holy Spirit, meet with us today. Have your way with all of us, Lord. And I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit is with every single person, exactly where they are. And I pray that your peace will be our portion today. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen, amen, amen. So let's open our Bibles to Philippians chapter 4. Listen, uh, later on, we're going to take communion. So I want you to find a piece of bread or, or crackers, whatever you have at home. All right, whatever works for you, we're going to have communion because Jesus said, do this in remembrance of what I've done for you. Uh, Grab some grape juice or whatever kind of juice you have. Um, Listen, it's all about remembering what Jesus has done. So don't worry about not having the right thing at home. All right, it's just about communion with Jesus. So if you have your Bibles, our Bible reading is going to come from Philippians chapter 4, beginning with verse 4. And these are the words of the Apostle Paul to us today and to his people, uh, God's people everywhere. The Bible says this, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Can you say amen? You know, I heard an interesting story this week of a man who lost his car keys. Have you ever lost your your car keys? Um, Sometimes I lose things that are right in front of me. Drives my wife crazy that I can't find anything. Um, Just the other day, like I'm looking for this pair of shoes and she's like, it's right in front of you. Like, I had no idea that it was like right there. But I heard the story of this man who lost his keys and he began to frantically looking for his keys. 
in his house and uh, it was towards the end of the day and, uh, and it's starting to get, uh, starting to get um, kind of dark. And so he is just kind of frantic looking around. He's not seeing anything. And for some weird reason, the, the street lights begin to come on and he saw light outside. So he went outside and started looking for his keys because he just started following the light outside. And his neighbor saw him doing this. His neighbor came up to him and said, what are you doing? He says, I'm looking for my keys. So his neighbors also started looking for the keys with this guy. And all of a sudden, the neighbor stops and goes, wait, but where did you lose it? <laughs> the guy was like, I think I lost it in the house. So he's like, why are you looking outside? You know, and I found that story to be very interesting because I think this is what's kind of happening to us. We're like looking for peace, but we're looking on the outside, thinking that's where we're going to find it. You know, and so what's interesting, this crisis has made us do some really interesting things, right? Because we've gone outside to try to find peace in the midst of this chaos. Like we bought toilet paper. I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around the toilet paper thing. You know, out of everything, toilet paper and hand sanitizer now is gold, right? Hey, by the way, I have a couple of little ones. I'm selling them for $10,000 a piece. <laughs> So if anybody wants them, right? But what's fascinating to me is like we've run for the hills trying to somehow compensate. But the reality is, my friends, that what we're looking for is not going to be found on the outside, right? What we need is an inside job. It's an inside work that only God can do in us. And I think, my friends, one of the things I think, if we're paying attention in all of this chaos, I think God is trying to say something to us. Now, I'm not saying I know everything about God. I'm not saying that I know his heart. I'm not saying that I know his plans. But I do know this, that God is trying to slow us down. Right? God is removing all these things and making us being confined to our homes for a reason and for a purpose. Right? Richard Foster, one of my favorite writers, and he wrote one of my favorite books, Celebrations of Discipline, a book that I go back to very often. He said this, our biggest enemy is noise, crowds, and rush. Think about that. Right? So those three things that are our biggest enemy is what God's trying to remove from us right now. Right? God's removing noise, right? God's removing crowds, and God's removing rush. But here we are still trying to go against the grain and trying to somehow still fight the noise, the crowd, and the rush. But my friends, anyone who's paying attention is in tune with the fact that perhaps God is up to something here, right? And it's up to you and I to take full advantage of what's happening. We have more time in our hands now. Think about it. Last week, we would have said, I don't have enough time. Now we're saying, I have too much time in our hands, right? And the problem is, we don't know what to do with ourselves. And the reason why we don't know what to do with ourselves is because we're not sure how to get in tune with our souls, right? We're so used to looking for things outwardly that we've never stopped to consider that maybe what we need happens inwardly, right? It's learning, my friends, to be quiet, in our minds, in our souls, that we're actually going to get the peace that we need in the midst of chaos, right? Because here's the thing. Peace is not the absence of crisis. Peace is, is in the midst of crisis, right? It was in the midst of a storm that Jesus was sleeping on a boat. Made absolutely no sense. His disciples were freaking out. Like, man, can you see here? We're about to lose it. We're about to drown. And Jesus is sound asleep, 
right, in the middle of a storm. Why? Because he knows that the storm does not disturb my peace. Because I am peace, right? Right, one of the titles in the Bible for Jesus is the Prince of Peace. So what does he do? Jesus wakes up and says, you a little faith, right? Isn't that crazy? He rebukes them. Before he rebukes the wind, he rebukes his disciples. Come on, that's a word. Think about that, right? He first rebuked them for not having the faith to know that I am the Prince of Peace, and I can rebuke you, then I'll rebuke the wind, right? I think if you're paying attention, the Lord is rebuking some things out of us. The Lord is rebuking all of this anxiety out of us, all this noise, all this chaos. God's trying to say, peace, be still, and know that I am God. My friend, that's the peace that comes from knowing by experience, who Jesus is. It's not knowing intellectually, right? It's knowing experientially that Jesus is the Lord of my life. And if he's the Lord of my life, that means he is the baseline of my life, right? That baseline is he's the prince of peace of my life, right? He is the one that is in in control even when things are chaotic around me. Right? And so we get to Philippians, which is such a powerful little book. If you get a chance, read the whole thing. You got enough time <laughs> to read your Bibles, to sit with the Bible and actually let it speak to you. Right? We see here the Apostle Paul wrote this incredible little book. And it's, it's actually the subtitle of this book is the book of joy. Right? There's so much joy written throughout this this little book, but what's fascinating is this, my friends, this is not some sunny optimism, okay? This is not, um, you know, some, some Facebook quotes when you're feeling good, right? This is actually the Apostle Paul behind bars, right? He's in prison for preaching the gospel, right? But here he is talking about always be full of joy, Right? Makes absolutely no sense. Right? The guy is in prison. If you know first century jails, it's way worse than what prison is today. Now, prison in any given circumstances is terrible, but this guy is wrongly accused for preaching the gospel. He's in a first century jail where literally the sewer will run underneath your feet. Rats are everywhere. There's nothing there for, for there's to be comfort. And Paul says, always be full of joy. Makes no sense. Why can he say this? Because here's a man who is rooted and grounded in Jesus, who knows that I can have confidence in my crisis, right? And I can have peace in my chaos. Why? Because his peace is not confined to his circumstances, right? He knows who is in control. He knows God is in control. And he knows that the joy of the Lord is his strength. So my friends, always be full of joy, right? Joy is a fruit of God's spirit in you. That's why there's a difference between joy and happiness. Happiness has, you need, to, you need external things to happen to make you happy. Joy is a, is a product of God's spirit inside of you that comes out of you in any given situation or circumstance. And if a man who is behind bars can be full of joy, I think we can be full of joy exactly where we find ourselves right now because the joy of the Lord is our strength. He goes on to say, not only be always full of joy. He says, be considerate. Now here's a guy behind bars, right? Concerned about God's people outside. And he's saying to them, be considerate. Now the word considerate here in Hebrew is another words for be gentle and patient with others. Right? I love his heart. Paul is such a pastor at heart that he's like, man, listen, 
You guys are also going through some stuff out there, but I want you to make sure that you're gentle and patient with each other. Why? Everyone is dealing with this crisis differently. It's not one size fits all, right? Everybody copes differently, right? All of us have a coping mechanisms, right? We all kind of go about it differently. And so it's important as, as, as God's people that we are aware of others and, and how they're processing all, everything that's happening around us, right? Because we all process things differently, right? It's the attitude that says, listen, it was cool about being considered. It's the attitude that says, no, God will fight my battles, Right? So I can be patient with you. I can be patient with others who maybe don't have the same peace that I have right now. Right? Because, again, everybody processes differently. So be considerate in this time. Let's be aware of other people. Let's be aware of, 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 of others who maybe don't have the same things that we have. And the worst thing we can do is add to the madness, is add to the chaos. Like, let's be the voice of reason in our homes. Let's be the voice of reasons in our place of work. Let's be the voice of reason online, right? When there's so much chaos going around. And then Paul, he goes on to say, he says, now pray about everything. The word everything in Greek is everything, (laughs) right? I love that because my friends, God didn't intend prayer to be a last resort. Right? And God didn't intend prayer to be just about emergencies. Right. Can you imagine if your, your spouse or your best friend only talks to you when they're in trouble? Like, what kind of relationship would that be? You know what I mean? Like, you would not like that person. Right? But God is too good and he still accepts us in those moments. Right? But that's like, listen, another thing we have to understand about prayer, and I really feel like prayer is one of the key things in moments of crisis, is that prayer is not necessarily a vending machine. See, a lot of people think prayer is like, you know, maybe put my little two senses and then God's going to give me what I want. But I think more than ever, I want to say what I said last week, that 2020 is showing us that we are not in control. Right. right? And so what is prayer then? Prayer is way more about surrendering to God's will than it is about telling God what to do. Right? That's where, my friend, peace comes from. It, 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 it almost sounds like an oxymoron that surrendering is what would bring peace. Because we think the more I, I have to do the external things, I'll get peace. But the reality is the more we're doing that, the more in chaos we are. So surrender is actually the key principle to actually attaining peace. Right? Because when I yield myself to him, then I'm yielding to his plan and to his purpose. Then I'm not bucking the system. I'm not trying to go against the grain of what it means to trust Jesus. That's why I love that song so much. What a friend we have in Jesus because he puts me at ease. And what he does is, my friends, prayer liberates you from fear, but he also liberates you from self-focus. We don't talk about that enough. That a lot of times the reason why we're not at peace is because we're too self-oriented. Right, we think we are the center of the universe. And that's a tough one for Americans because we really think we're it. We think that everything is designed for us, right? We think the earth revolves around the sun, but then we realize, no, it's actually the sun that runs the whole thing. And I don't just mean S-U-N, I mean the S-O-N, right? But prayer, my friends, will liberate you from fear, but also liberates you from self-focus. It takes the focus off of you and it puts it on God, who is the Prince of Peace. You see, I went out to pray and I, and I love, 
uh, for me, I, everybody's different, but I, I, there's something about a, a body of water that puts me at ease because I feel so small when I see how big, how massive God uh, creation is. And I love to see the birds kind of doing their thing. It always reminds me of what Jesus said in Matthew 6. He said, look at the birds, consider them, right? Here they are doing their thing, nothing to worry about because they know God's going to take care of them. And it always reminds me who is in control when I find myself anxious or worried or frustrated or trying to figure things out. And, but I went out to pray yesterday, it, um, yes, actually today, and, uh, and it was foggy. And, and in the middle of this fog, I kind of had this revelation, like that's what's happening right now, right? We are in the middle of a fog, right? And all of us are trying to see our way through it, right? But the reality is this, is that, is that God is in control of the fogs of life, right? And so these are the moments that I have to surrender myself to that. That's why I love this song, Waymaker, because even when I don't see him, I know he's working. I can't see through the fog, but I trust that God is on the other side of this fog, right? And that's what peace comes from, is just learning to yield myself to that reality that God is in control. And I want to tell you something that a lot of times we don't realize that we're fighting against ourselves is like this whole concept of willpower. Like, we think we can will ourselves out of things. And I don't know if, you, if, you, if you've noticed, but I think willpower is not enough. Because I don't know about you guys, but I think willpower leads to feeling more empty because you, you feel like, man, I've given everything I got and I still don't feel what I thought I was going to feel. And sometimes it makes you even more prideful because, because willpower when it comes to following Jesus can make you legalistic because you may think like, because I have to pray for this amount of time, then I'm going to be okay. And if I don't read my Bible for this amount of time, then I'm not going to be okay. Willpower is a dangerous thing because it works against the grain of the Holy Spirit. Right? So we need the Holy Spirit to do an inside job in us. And only God can work from within us. Right? Everything else we do is basically an a, a outside work that's never going to get to the baseline of our souls. And one of my prayers was, God, I pray you get to the baseline of my soul. Because it's at the baseline of my soul, that's where I see worry. That's where I see fear. That's where I see anxiety. And God, what I want is transformation. I don't want an adjustment. I want transformation. You know what I mean? And, and, and I want to say this because I, I think a lot of times people think you have to be this deep religious person to do this. And I really believe that's a lie because I think you just have to be human. I think there's a longing in every human being to be at peace and to connect with the real God who wants a real relationship with us, who wants to really take us on a deeper walk with him. And I think these are the moments, these are the key moments for us to go deeper. We don't need more religious people in the world. We need more deep people, right? We don't need more church going people. We need more deep people. Like Psalm 42 says, deep calls unto deep. Right? Deep is very different from just having Bible knowledge. Deep is understanding who is in control and the work that he's doing deep within my soul. Jesus said this. He said, the kingdom of God is within you. Right? And what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is not going to heaven someday. The kingdom of God is saying, oh, no, everything who God is can reside within you. Right? The kingdom of God is peace. The kingdom of God is grace. The kingdom of God is wisdom. The kingdom of God is power. Right? The kingdom of God is breakthrough. Right? The kingdom of God is Jesus invading your entire life. Then Paul says, when you, when you pray about everything, then you experience God's peace. Shalom. Right? The presence of God. Peace comes from 
whom you know. Not just what you know. Again, what is one of his titles? The Prince of Peace. And I believe there's, there's three ways, right, that, that the Lord wants to come and bring his peace into our lives, right? And the three ways that God wants to do this is that, first of all, God wants to give you his peace. In other words, peace from God is the first thing that God wants to do with all of us. In other words, it's a gift. That's why your, 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 your will is not going to get it because it's a gift, right? If I'm trying to give you a gift and you're trying to pay me for it, then you're not receiving it as a gift, right? And I think a lot of times we think we have to earn peace, right? But it's a gift. It's a gift of the spirit, right? The second piece is that it's peace with God. A lot of times, my friends, the reason why we are in turmoil is not we are, we're not at peace with God, right? We're living outside of his will. We're doing our own thing. We're like, we're, we're running our own lives. And so when we're doing that, we're, we're not receiving his peace. And so in a way, God kind of takes his hands off, right? And so we want peace with God. And what is peace with God is living in repentance, right? It's, it's doing a 180 and saying, God, I don't want to live outside of your will. I don't want to live outside of, of what you want to do for us. Again, if you're paying attention, God is truly trying to get our attention right now. He's trying to slow us down so we can be in step with him, right? And then this peace of God. The peace of God is the fact that when he's on you, then it makes absolutely no sense, right? You ever seen people who walk with God and everything is going from bad to worse, but they still have this resolve about them, right? That they just know that they know. Like you ever hear church people say, I just know, am I knowing? Right? That God is real. And, and, and it sounds weird, but it's so true because I've experienced it. Right? I just know, even though I may get laid off, God is faithful. Right? I may, like, listen, I don't know what's going to happen with this virus. I don't know if they're going to quarantine us all the way to just our little rooms. I just know that God is in control. Right? I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And Jesus said, I'm not going to worry about tomorrow because tomorrow brings us on troubles. I just know that God is already in tomorrow, right? So I want peace from God. I want peace with God and I want peace of God, right? And then the last thing that Paul teaches us here, he says, then now learn to fix your thoughts, right? Why? Because life happens in the mind, right? If you've been around me, you know, I talk about this a lot is learn to think about what you're thinking about, I think a lot of people, again, this is a great time to slow down and really get in tune with what's happening in your mind. Why? Because your mind is the headquarters of your life. Yeah. What you think about, what you fix yourself on is what comes out of you, yeah. right? That's why I love, again, the Apostle Paul, he wrote another book to the church in Rome. In Romans 12, 2, he says this, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. What is the behavior and customs of this world? He's saying like, man, don't go frantic and worry and selfish and be so concerned with how you're going to make ends meet and you don't want to lose anything. You know, you're in a rat's race. Paul is like, man, don't live like that. But let God transform you. The word transform is the word metamorphosis into a new person. How does he do this? By changing the way you think. If you change the way you think, then you can change the way you live, right? Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. My friends, my 
my uh, desire for all of us is to not allow our minds to wander into fear, into despair, into what ifs, into anxiety, into worry. Don't you know all of us have a free will to exercise in those moments where our minds are wandering? Right? I love the, 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 the illustration of the fact that a bird may fly over your head. You can't control that. But if a bird sits on your head and builds a nest on your head, that's on you. Yeah. Right? And that's, I think, that's what we do with a lot of thoughts. We have some thoughts that come in and we just don't apprehend them. And we just let them take root and begin to like, create all the scenarios that never even happen. Yeah. Have you noticed that most of the stuff we worry about never happen? Have you noticed that majority of our crisis never really happened, right? So if, if it's, it's the fact that if I'm not praying about everything, I'm going to worry about everything. If I'm not surrendering everything, I'm carrying everything, right? And so here's my thing. I pray you pray until you stop worrying about it. People are like, when should I stop praying about something? Well, until you stop worrying about it. Until you stop freaking out. Right? That's when you know you should stop praying. That's why Paul says, always be in an attitude of prayer. Right? Because I don't want to be carrying anxiety. I don't want to be carrying worry. I don't want to be carrying guilt. I don't want to be carrying shame. None of those things are God's will for you. Because they're not going to produce anything good in you. So whatever's making you worry, pray about it. Right? So that's why Paul says, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. One of the things that I want to challenge us as we end here, I'm going to invite the, the, the worship team to come up. One of the things I want to challenge us with, my friends, is this. What is true right now? What is actually true? There's a lot of theories out there. There's a lot of what ifs out there. There's a lot of speculations. But what is actually true? What is actually true is that right now, wherever you are, God is with you. Right? What is actually true is that you have enough. Right? What is actually true is that God's been faithful to you, whether you know it or not. Right? What is actually true is that nothing happens by coincidence or mistake. So sift through all the lies, all the deceits, you know, because most of what you're concerned about is not true. Right? That's what's crazy. It's a lot of stuff that we've allowed to cake up because we haven't prayed and surrender it to the Lord. And so Paul behind bars can say, fix your thoughts because he's saying, I refuse to let this prison define me. I refuse to let it be my reality because I have control over what I think about because God's spirit is with me. My friends, think about what's true and what's honorable, what's praiseworthy, what's excellent. Listen, take time to think about what you're thinking about. Detox your mind. Detox your spirit. Like we said earlier, unfriend some things that are just negative and toxic in your life because you have the power to do that. That's what the spirit of God allows you to do. My friends, we can have peace in the midst of chaos because that is God's will for his people. You know, we're going to take communion today. And communion is powerful because communion is what Jesus said for us to do, to remember what he's done for us. Like Jesus, my friends, God in the flesh took his life and said, I'm going to surrender it to God's will. That's powerful. He said, no one takes my life. I surrender it. I give my life. 
right? That's the true worship is when we give our lives so God can have his way. So Jesus said, I'm going to go to the cross. I came to live to show you how to connect with God, but I'm going to go die to show you what it takes to pay for the penalties of your sins. That's how much he loves us. That's how much he cares about us. For God so loved the world that he gave himself, Jesus, on the cross for whoever believes. That blows my mind, whoever believes. That means anyone who's watching this, anyone who's hearing me, God's like, man, if you believe, I'll come into your life. I'll forgive your sins. I'll empower you. I'll let my kingdom come into you. Heaven will invade you. So before we take communion, maybe you're out there, you've never really surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus. And so if you take communion without surrendering to Jesus, it means absolutely nothing. It's just doing another religious thing. And the last thing we need is to just do one more religious thing. But when you take communion with that reality that I have surrendered my life to the Lord, then the power of communion comes upon your life. Because Jesus said, when you do this in remembrance of me, I am right there with you every step of the way. So before we take communion, I want to give you a moment to invite Jesus into your life, to make him the Lord and the Savior of your life so that you can experience his love. You can experience his forgiveness. You can experience his peace. You can experience his power that comes through his cross and his resurrection. Listen, my friends, Jesus died for you, but then he rose again for you to give you resurrected power. You can live with power today. So where you are right now, I want you to grab whatever you have at home. We're going to take communion. But if you've never trusted in the Lord Jesus, this is your moment. I'm going to say a prayer. Wherever you are right now, I want you to surrender yourself to the Lord. Just pray this prayer with me. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, he will come into your life, forgive you, empower you, and make you brand new. And so let's pray together, especially you who haven't given your life to the Lord. I want you to do something bold right now, exactly where you are. I want you to believe that God is with you. And so I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and say, God, that's me. I want you to come into my life right now. I'm telling you, it's a symbol of faith that you're right now, you're trusting that God is with you. I don't care where you're watching from. I don't care who's around you. But I'm telling you, if this message has spoken to you, lift your hand and say, God, that's me. I want you to come into my life right now. Come on, raise your hand with me and let's pray together. I pray right now. Pray with me. Pray it out loud. Say, say, Father, I'm ready to surrender my life to you. I believe that Jesus died and rose again for me. And I receive his forgiveness. I receive his grace. I receive his mercy. But also I receive his power. I receive his peace and his will for my life. From this day forward, my life is yours. My life is yours, Lord. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you pray that prayer, we believe that it's a new day for you and that communion is going to have a new meaning for you. The power of God is upon your life right now. And listen, there's a number you're going to see here. It's going to say, you know, text Jesus if you just received them. Just text us right now because we want to connect with you exactly where you are. We have people ready to connect with you to solidify what you just did and to help you understand what your next steps is. But let's take communion together. But this number is going to stay up there for all of you guys to be able to connect with us. Just text Jesus in this moment. Listen, Jesus said this as he was going to the cross. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread. He blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces 
and gave it to the disciples saying, take this and eat it for this is my blood, my body. Let's eat. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them, said, Each of you drink from this, for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Mark my words, I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Let's drink. So Jesus, we are grateful for your sacrifice, for your love, for your goodness, for your forgiveness, but also for your power and your peace that goes beyond understanding. Let that be our portion wherever we find ourselves today. Have your way with every single one of us. We pray in your name, Jesus, and we all said, amen. We hope this talk has encouraged and challenged you. If it was helpful, share with a friend. And for more information, visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. Until next time, have a blessed week.